Well, today we begin reading our way through Paul's letter to Titus, one of his uh, former missionary companions. This is the third of Paul's letters that we designate a pastoral epistle because Paul had left Titus, whereas Timothy was laboring over there in Ephesus, Paul had left Titus on the island of Crete in order to pastor and watch over the new churches they had started there. Um, you can see verse 5, Crete, Crete was and is, um, by the way, uh, a large island just off the coast of mainland Greece. Anyway, much like Timothy had difficulties in pastoring in Ephesus, um, as we've been looking at um, and thinking about, Titus would also not have an easy road in Crete where they had a widely held reputation, apparently, of being, as, as he says in verse 12, liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. <laughs> uh, well, Paul is writing Titus in th this letter not only to instruct him, but also to encourage him in his work, as he had done with Timothy. In the first chapter for today, Paul repeats to Titus some of the same qualifications for pastors that he had given to Timothy. Just compare, for example, verses 7 through 9 in this chapter to 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 7. You'll see a lot of similarities. Um, and uh, he, he, get, he gives them those qualifications here um, to prepare him for some of the kinds of things and the people that he will deal with in the pastorate, just like he'd done with Timothy. So let's consider just a, a couple really quickly uh, interesting or noteworthy items here in this first chapter. Well, first of all, there's an interesting juxtaposition of phrases early in the introductory verses of the letter that pertain to the Orthodox Christian belief in the deity of Jesus Christ. That is, that Jesus is both God and man. He is truly God and truly man, two natures in one person. Uh, we, we believe it is the clear testimony of the Bible and we certainly want to highlight it anytime we have a chance. Well, Paul gives us another chance to highlight this in verses 3 and 4. It's a pretty simple and straightforward presentation of the doctrine. In verse 3, Paul talked about the fact uh, that he had been entrusted with the task to preach the gospel uh, by God our Savior. In the very next verse, verse 4, he wishes for them grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. So in verse 3, he refers to God our Savior. In verse 4, he refers to Christ Jesus our Savior. So how should we understand this? Does Paul have believe we have two saviors? We know that's not the case. There is not anything in the New Testament that it w or the Bible itself that would even remotely suggest such a thing. Further, when Paul says that he was commissioned to preach by God our Savior in verse 3, it could be a reference to God the Father. For example, see also um, Galatians 1, 15 and 16. But it could be a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, you can see that in Acts 9, 5 through 15. All, all said, I don't think it's insignificant or accidental here that God our Savior and Christ Jesus our Savior are here interchangeable phrases. It's a clear affirmation of the full deity of Jesus Christ. Well, secondly and finally, uh, the final verse of this chapter is a blistering one. It, it's uh, also a, a, a frightening thought. Paul is talking about some of the hardships and difficult people that he will encounter uh, in gospel ministry. It's interesting that 
Paul warns Titus not about those outside the church, but rather those inside the church. That's also reminiscent of what Paul told Timothy. He says uh, in verse 16 that uh, of some within the church, he says of them in verse 16, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They, they are, I mean, just, just think about what he's saying here. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. Good gracious. These aren't people who want to have nothing to do with God, but people within the church who actually profess to know God. Wow. It's astonishing, but a reality nonetheless. It is, again, like we said before in Second Timothy 3, it's consistent with Jesus' warnings that within the church there will be both wheat and tares, or weeds, Matthew 13, or that you would... Be able to tell the difference in people by their fruits, Matthew 7. So I suppose the warning for any of us is to examine ourselves thoroughly and with an honest heart to ensure that we are not among those who are merely professing a belief in God. Again, we're not saved by our works. We're not. We look to our our, our, our actions and the trajectory of our lives as evidence of of uh, of having been born again because as the Reformers were fond of saying, it's true, Martin Luther especially, we're saved by faith and not by works, but the faith that saves always works. And those are just a couple of thoughts from Titus chapter 1.